Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. I am Justin Strange along with my lovely co-hosts, Zach, Zach Briggs. Sorry, Zach, I almost messed up your name. I almost said, almost said Zach Kramers. Zach Briggs. Yeah, our names get so confusing, doesn't it? It's so What's alive. up, everyone? <laughs> and Jake Kramers. Well, hello, Justin. Today, we're actually going to talk about one of the... Uh, more um, famous, maybe, horror franchises is The Conjuring and The Conjuring Universe. So we'll mostly, we, we all three watched the first Conjuring movie to prepare for this. You know, we didn't have time to watch every single movie in The Conjuring Universe, but I've seen the whole franchise. And when I say the franchise, The Conjuring Universe franchise a, a few times. So let's start with just, we'll start with The Conjuring, the first Conjuring movie, and then we'll kind of move on from there. The Conjuring came out in uh, 2013, directed by James Wan, which James Wan did yeah, Saw. Correct. Yeah, he did Saw. Well, I was trying. To, I couldn't remember if he did Saw or not. He did. Saw. Yes, he he did Saw. He absolutely did Saw. He's, uh, kind, sorry. Of a, he's kind of a horror master. I mean, he kind of is. And then it stars Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga, if that's how you say her name, and Ron Livingston. Which, if you guys know who Ron Liv- Livingston is, he's from Office Space. Have y'all seen Office Space? No, uh, I'm, I'm aware of it. Oh my god! And we call ourselves a movie podcast. <laughs> Hey, that's a kidding. TV show. Wait, no, it's not. No, that's The Office. <laughs> Office Space is a movie by Mike Judge, starring Ron Livingston and Jennifer Aniston. I, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little mixed up. Sorry, guys. Yeah, a little mixed up. He's holding. A, I was just say he's holding a can in his hand. Okay. Um. And so this is kind of the first time I saw Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. For me, Farmiga. I think it's Farmiga. Um, it is, yeah. This is kind of to me. This is kind of how they they got their start. Uh, and then of course, if y'all know who uh, Vera Farmiga. She has a younger sister named Tasia Farmiga, who um, first time I saw her was on American Horror Story. Um, And she's actually in The Nun, if y'all have ever seen The Nun. Okay. And so uh, the story is about paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren work to help a family terrorized by dark presence in their farmhouse. So let's start with you, Jake. What did you think of the movie? Because this is your first time seeing it, right? Man, this is my first time seeing it. And I have to say right off the bat, I am not a horror fan at all. I don't like horror. I'm, I'm a baby. It's not. And I realized. A baby with I, a baby. I've, re- <laughs> I've realized it's not horror necessarily because I, I actually like horror. I like thrillers. I like mystery. I like psychological horror. I don't like jump scares. That's what I don't like. Um, but the problem is when you just see trailers for a film or you just see, you know, the case on blockbuster shelves. Oh, I don't have that anymore. Uh, red box you just see the you see the the screen of the red box you don't know what kind of movie it's going to be you don't know if it's going to be a thriller and a psychological slow burn or if it's going to be you know a scare fest so right. i for, as a rule i just stay away and uh, justin you had to work you had to work on me really hard and wear me down said. that's what she watch. said go ahead i'm sorry what i said that's what she said <laughs> the listeners are leaving i'm gonna try to get that uh, i'm gonna try to get one that's what she said in every episode sorry guys go ahead jake i'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say after you wore me down yeah uh, i watched it and i actually i actually found myself enjoying this this is a really good film well i did not expect to enjoy it i came into this very apprehensive and it turned out to be a delightful film a really good film i'm glad i'm glad you convinced me to watch it well if i gotta watch Cat, they're gonna watch the <laughs> that was our agreements for those of you who don't know um zach and justin have to watch my movie which is cats Ooh, movie the movie i know i know i know yeah I, sh- shut, shut up justin i, I well, was gonna say 
absurdist film. I dare say, like, post-art critique. It's, it is a lesson in, in the absurd and the strange. And so they get to watch that later um, oh, for one of God. my episodes. And so in return, I had to watch this episode for Justin. It's a give and take. <laughs> it's a give and take. I mean, there's three of us, so that's how we work together, you know, right? Justin, you might be surprised by how much cats? you love uh, cats. You know, I love cats. Jake was surprised and loved yeah. The Conjuring, apparently. But that's because this movie's better. <laughs> ratings wise so, especially yeah so what i did full disclosure full disclosure because i'm a you, wimp you kept all the lights on and made your i wife kept all the i watched this midday with the lights on and the synopsis in front of me and i know the synopsis in front of you why why because i wanted to know when the oh you, okay i was for, i was thinking just like the just kind of like a summary of what i read that's what my, where my mind went i get what you're saying i'm sorry yeah, no no i'm not talking about the i'm not talking about the blurb on the back of the dvd case right 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 about. Uh, a synopsis and I it's not it wasn't like a second by second synopsis but it did give the base of like oh Carol gets attacked in the basement or a malevolent presence disturbs one of the girls it was kind of like okay so this happens in that happened next and it just gave me the ability to watch this movie and actually uh, actually (laughs) actually critique and actually watch this movie with a photographer's eye as opposed to just cowering in the corner waiting for the next jump scare because (laughs) I just I just I don't like jump scares I I can't handle them I don't like it so this this gave me an opportunity to actually watch the film which I have Otherwise, I don't think I would have gotten the full. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have appreciated it as much as I did. There were things I was able to focus on and take note of because I could see how elements were leading up to it as opposed to just waiting for the jump scare to occur. And it was cool. really, really nice. Uh, okay, Zach, what do you think? You, you've you seen this movie before, haven't you? Or was this your first time as well? Oh, I've seen this movie plenty of times. I've On DVD, I co- could have watched it on HBO Max, but I just decided to put in my boxes of DVDs and That's what I dig did. it out. Not my DVD, but I, I watched the Blu-ray because I already had my PS4. I have a PS4 now now and I already have it on. Yeah, so I was like, screw that. I'm not signing into HBO Max right now. Yeah. Is it on HBO? I watched it on Netflix. It's on both, I believe. Well, I know but, the third Conjuring is definitely on HBO Max. So. But yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out in 2013. Oof. I think I was I just graduated uh, from, from high school. Just, just graduated. I was, I was in my first a junior year of college. college. But yeah, I remember seeing this movie and just right off the bat, that music just sets the tone. That the, At the, the beginning. tones, that dark bass and it series of horns. Maybe I didn't have a good sound system, but it reminded when the when the logos were playing, it reminded me of like flies and uh, like buzzing creatures. Yeah, absolutely. And you know me, like I'm all about audio and music. So I thought the throughout the movie, the, the somewhat subtle and sometimes overt use of not just necessarily music, but just sound sound design really carried the the film for me. I think the importance of great sound and sound design in general and horror type movies is what helps create those emotions for the audience. I noticed that as well. One of the when the parent family arrives at the house, they're all happy and I want to yeah. I want to claim this bedroom like that first sequence. If you notice, it was trying to come across as a, a one shot take yeah, even though was. i could i could kind of tell at points there is probably whether it might have been a digital cut but i enjoyed that cinematography um, right off the bat the, the family was not a family that i didn't disconnect with i really felt like i was like a part of their family for a little bit even though there's some of the, the girls i really didn't have much care for but the the mother was a great actor she carried she made me think she was actually possessed I, I don't know who that actress well, is but she was fantastic well i will talk about my take on the movie i guess i'm a huge fan of horror movies so i 
have a friend, guy I went to school with. He loves like slasher films. Not a huge fan of slasher films. I'm in. I'm into like stuff that can make you legit scared. You're into disturbing stuff. I am really into disturbing. Like the and I said this on our chat. The more disturbing, the better. So it's, for me, like I've seen the whole all these movies. I I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I don't even think I. Oh no, I did see Annabelle in theaters, but I didn't see The Conjuring in theaters. I think I've always been in horror movies like this because the first horror movie with like a demonic possession that I seen in theaters was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. And I was like, man, that was awesome. And so I've always kind of been into it, just not as much until I became like an adult. And so uh, I didn't see it in theaters. But after that, all the other movies that came out, I would go see in theaters. I mean, it's clear I'm, I'm super into The Conjuring and super into anything with demons in it. Including paranormal activity. <laughs> Including paranormal activity. And that's a whole other conversation. Uh, I can I can go on and on about paranormal activity. Wait, why is that another converse? Why is that another conversation? Because I would want to talk about it as opposed to the conjuring i don't want to talk about oh, okay. both movies in one in the same episode See, this is this is this is me as i have no reference so like i don't know if this was a, a really good movie if this is an example of the kind of quality that a lot of horror movies are made of or if this is just an exceptionally well-made horror film no i think it's been exceptionally well-made horror film because i've seen so other this movies a, this was a good starting point yeah at first yes. i mean for someone who doesn't watch these movies like you you started at the top you know now all you can do is go down <laughs> you know <laughs> all down from here <laughs> so i mean there are other movies that try to emulate this format of of the conjuring where they you know demonic but they just don't do it as well i, I don't think anyway and it's not just the conjuring annabelle the nun which the nun was okay um then the the curse of La La, La, La Rona. <laughs> That's Love La that La Rona. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and it was okay. It's mainly The Conjuring and Annabelle for me um, that that kind of that I like about The Conjuring universe. Yeah, I, I um, will say in my notes as I was watching, I wrote a uh, quote. This is an interesting film. Ed and Lorraine conversing with the family, bringing in the sheriff for uh, assistance. It actually feels wholesome in places. Uh, it does a good yeah. job representing these people as as a family real. the actors and actresses that play this felt like real people the ed and lorraine actually ed and lorraine did a wonderful lorraine. feel real i believed that they were based off real people i believe that these were professionals in this business they weren't just kind of these two characters drawn up in a writer's room for the purpose of being the you know the 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 drive of the film Absolutely. Really good job. Just imagine how our level of enjoyment for this movie would have been if, for example, the family wasn't compelling. Oh, I feel yeah. like they would have just been wooden and I wouldn't have cared for any of them, what happened to them. And I think there would have been a disconnect for sure between Ed and Lorraine interaction with with them which some of the other conjuring universe movies they have that problem with kind of wooden characters in my opinion you don't care what happens to them it's just the similar formula of the conjuring trying to be emulated in those movies but it doesn't hold up the only conjuring movie that i was like that was okay was the conjuring the devil baby do it which came out last year that, that, that was, was the most recent isn't it yeah, yep. it was a good movie, but it was not as good as the other ones. Like, do you feel they have started to reach the uh, the end of material? I think they're getting towards it, but I think they're going to try to continue and you know stretch it out for as long as they can because it's even they've they've already announced the Crooked Man, which um, he's in he's in this one, right? Or he's in two? Okay, yeah, and the Nun too, which I don't know why they're making another Nun. Movie, so are they but... going back and making prequels then of the origin stories of these ghosts? That yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. So like the, the kind of what they did with, you know, you see Annabelle, you meet Annabelle in this movie and then they're like, oh my God, this doll's so scary. We need to make a movie. So that they did, they made three. And then they, you know, we see the nun in the conjuring two, I believe. And, 
Annabelle comes home. I believe we see the nun. And so they made a movie out of the nun. Is Annabelle creation a good film? I lo- I think out of all three of them, um, I really liked creation because it shows, first of all, where Annabelle came from. Right. And then not only that, they're not we're not stuck inside of a house like in Annabelle. The first one, we're inside of a an apartment, you know, and then in Annabelle comes home, we're inside Ed and Lorraine's house the whole time. And this one, I mean, yeah, we're inside a house, but it's a bigger house. It's a lot bigger. Plus we go outside some um, and all that stuff. So it's not, it, it just seems a lot bigger, a lot more to, a lot more area to cover. And I, and it's just not modern times, you know? So when Annabelle came out, well, no, it wasn't modern times in Annabelle either. It's like the sixties, but we were stuck inside this tiny house. You that's, know? Good, that's good to hear because Speak- my one and only connection to the Conjuring universe is through Annabelle Creation, because that's directed by David F. Sandberg, who is a director that I'm a fan of because he started on YouTube and and I've kind of followed his journey into the Hollywood scene. So that's my one and only connection to to the Conjuring universe is through this this one random director that I happened to uh, watch before he was in Hollywood. There's a lot of movies where I, I like the second one in between the first and the third one, a lot, like American Pie 2, Toy Story 2. I like those movies better. And so the same with this. Kind of a nitpick, but I wish Annabelle <laughs> stayed true to what she was supposed to be, which is a Raggedy Ann Raggedy doll, Ann not doll. not a porcelain doll that's intentionally made to look uh, no scary. I think a Raggedy Ann with its eagled eyes and emotionless look could be scary in, in its own right. Well, I, actually, I don't, maybe it was a rights thing, perhaps. I don't Zach, know. It was a rights thing. That's the one thing that I know because I follow uh, his Mr. buddy Sandberg. Yeah. is originally they wanted to use a Raggedy Ang doll and the company wouldn't let them use her likeness. Well, not and for so that. Had to, <laughs> I can understand had to why. Come up with yeah. something else. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, they did a good job coming up with something else, if you ask me. You know, it's yeah, like, absolutely. okay, well, if we can't use this, let's use this bad boy. You know, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's not a major issue, but I mean, just visually, it's a, it's a big difference. I like the 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 animal doll in the movie. I mean, I like the idea of it being a Raggedy Ann doll in real life, but I don't know. It looks so would. innocent. <laughs> at Raggedy Ann, I think my dad had one growing up. Was it? I had a Raggedy Ann. Raggedy Ann. Yeah. All right. Uh, Light of passage. You, Justin, you didn't have one. You didn't no. have a Raggedy Ann doll. No. Why not? Because <laughs> I, I was a boy. I was a boy. Dolls. I little babies. I put them in my little shoebox. And, I, shoe and box. I had I had boy toys. <laughs> <laughs> say, say that again, <laughs> louder, please. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, anyways, okay. So let's talk about uh, the uh, whatever your name is, Jake. Um, I. <laughs> Sorry, I almost said Zach again. Let's uh, talk about. So, let you mentioned that you wanted to speak on the parts that you thought were scary. So, what do you? What were your scariest parts? I actually made a note, like going through it. The majority of the movie is not scary. It really isn't. Nope. It's a lot of uh, like red herrings, false alarms. Like, oh, uh, I believe at one point they're setting up the the house um to catch the ghosts in action and like one of the, the doors open and it's just like the cop going to the bathroom stuff like that there's lots of things that are that lead you up to think it's going to be a jump scare and then and then they do something else and it's just a red herring where uh it's explained away so the majority of the movies is actually not that scary it actually felt more like a mystery to me i think it was a a good choice a clever choice to film the movie through ed and lorraine's perspective lorraine is it lorraine yes yeah. Lorraine and Lorraine, I no. apologize. Same thing. Okay. Don't right. haunt me. Um, <laughs> I thought it was it was smart for them to 
shoot the film through their perspective. And they kind of almost gave a sense of security of like, okay, at least for me as a viewer, as someone who doesn't like horror films, it kind of gave me a sense of security of like, okay, there's a bunch of creepy paranormal stuff going on, but these guys are professionals. So it was kind of allowed me to pay attention to the film um, from a safe place. So it really wasn't that scary for most of the time. Yeah. Um, I will say the part that was scary, the most scary to me was the basement scene with Lorraine's, you know, interactions with the ghosts in the basement. That was probably the most frightening part for me. I remember putting down my notes and actually just being engrossed in the film because I didn't want to look away. Creepy. Is this the part where she sees the mother that killed her daughter? It is the part that that she sees the mother. It's when she falls down. Oh, yeah. um, in between the walls from the wardrobe upstairs. Sees the mother with the knife and then Bestiba, 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 um, hanging there. And I was hoping she would have gone to Narnia. It was creepy. That was, <laughs> that was the most creepy, frightening part. Probably she didn't break and any then, bones falling through and those. Then kind of, um, and then ooh, a surprisingly creepy portion was the premonition that she had with her daughter, Judy, and yep. the floating in the pond. I was entirely unprepared for that. <laughs> well, they probably just added that for the movie. Um, but I get it. I'm wondering why yeah, she had I'm that sure, premonition. Sure just, and it did a solid job of making me quite uncomfortable. But the dog. That the was dog probably masters. the witch. They got the dog. They probably, I, well, I the witch probably killed the dog because it was pissing her off because all it would do is bark at it. And give her away. I, 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 uh, I literally have, it killed the dog. I'm invested. I have a question. So how does it work with these demons and ghosts? Like if a random person just came up and saw a bunch of people scared and reacting to, I guess, the visual representation of these demons, would the, would this random person be able to see these creatures as well? As I feel like sometimes you'd see in the movie, one of the kids is not, it looks like they're interacting with nothing. Like, how does it work exactly? Are we, are we talking about canonically in film or in real life? I guess <laughs> probably maybe film. in film. Well, yeah. it- I think sometimes the, you see not they're interacting with nothing. Other times you see the actual creature, and that, some they're like, "What? What are you looking at?" Like watching it, it seemed like the only people who could see it were the people who were directly being uh, like targeted to see targeted. it. Yeah, yeah and I think the, that's the logic behind it is is the entity will let you see it if it wants you to see it. You know, so like the figure. the youngest girl, uh, she could see Rory, the little boy. But the mother couldn't. You remember she he was talking to she was talking mm-hmm. to it's kinda like paranormal activity with Toby. You know, they could they could see Toby. The kids could, but That's the parents could I, could I'm unaware could, of. Yeah, could never see Toby. Um so yeah, it's kind of the same. And then whenever um they're in the bedroom, uh the back to the conjury when the two girls in the bedroom and you know the the demon or the witch pulls out her leg and then she's like, There's so behind the door. She's like, she could see it. So I think the whole thing is like if the demon or whatever wants you to see it, it will reveal itself. Why do you think the demon targeted the mother as the conduit? Because it's well, said, I mean it had to do with, yeah, with it said the, why the it had, you know, I was explaining in the film, the demon um, originally was from a witch. That's right. And yeah. the witch killed their child and proclaimed their love for Satan and hung yeah. themselves well, and Steven, then put a curse. So it was like whoever, whoever took the witch's property would fall under the same curse and therefore ghosts and specters, the habitual creatures that they are, they just possess and continue. So well, the, the cycle would continue if another family moved into yeah. that home. 
Well, yes. it, yeah, and it, it explained it in the film where, like, it possessed the mother so the mother can kill the child. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the mother we saw at the basement with Lorraine Warren where she yeah, she's said, like, look, what, look what she made me do. Yeah, and so it's the, kind of the same thing where... Why can't these demons just break rules and have the get the father possessed? Come on, he's stronger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, yeah, you think about it, like, it's always... Demons like, going by the, the book? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> It's true. It was like, a, like a manager in hell. So like, Bill, <laughs> what did I tell we, you? We told you stop possessing fathers now. <laughs> you got to possess the mothers. That's how it works. Yeah, it is explained in the film where like the whole thing started was the witch moved into the house or whatever. And she was she was accused of being a witch and all this stuff. And then they had a baby and then the father came down and caught her sacrifice of the baby in a fire and to you know, because it made him seem like higher status with Satan, and then she went out and hung herself and cursed Imagine anybody who lived on Satan way. so hard that you <laughs> that you sacrifice your children. All these movies, like like this movie, um, Paranormal Activity does it, um, and then another movie I was mentioning to Zach earlier, The Last Exorcism, where at the end there you see them sacrificing the baby to a demon, and it's just always Ooh. that's just how it is, you know. And in the latest movie, The Conjuring Three, what's I've the only seen title? that once. The, do you the, see, devil, you, the devil made me do it. <laughs> yeah, but in that one, you see the, uh, actual examples of someone trying to kill someone. In, yeah, I in need to watch that one again. That one I've only seen one. Real time. life, essentially. Can I say um, how well Lily Taylor did as the mom? Oh, that's her name. <laughs> she was the actress wonderful. Tech. Yeah, we she talked the about best. that earlier. She was probably the, the standout. Yeah performance just because she was incredible i've never never seen her heard her before she's probably you know she's probably a big actress in the horror film scene she's probably in all tons of movies and i'm just too much of a plebeian to recognize her but <laughs> she did fantastic i believed every yeah. ounce that she was possessed yeah that's what zach was saying earlier Those, the blood curdling screams the moans yeah, everything oh, the scenes, the the minor shifts um, in her features when she was possessed after 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 she was possessed and how just like the small she did to to change up her body posture and structure and more rigid and just it was it was a great wonderful did job. You, did you notice how they kind of detracted? They didn't focus on her as much after her little episode in the bed. They just what's what's gonna we're gonna save her uh, toward the end when she <laughs> takes her daughter to back to the home to try to to kill her yeah that's how they you're like oh my god she's possessed and in it in all these movies like anytime they possess somebody that's how they do it they get on top of them and they essentially spit blood or i think in um annabelle creation they don't it's not blood it's like a black sludge do you remember that zach well that yeah. wasn't wasn't this a black sludge it looked like blood in this one but well, it was blood when she spit up, but when she was originally possessed, it looked like it was some sort of like goopy. Maybe it was. To me, stuff. it kind of looked like blood, but uh, yeah, it was I definitely mean, a black in the. It was an icker. Other one, and yeah. It, yeah, definitely black in in Annabelle creation where she does it to the little girl. But I don't know what it is one. exactly, but it's some type of way to for them to it's transfer trans into the transferring liquid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, transferring vomit. Yeah, anytime they did that, I never understood why. And then I'm like, oh, that's how they move in from one body to the other. I get it now. Anything else you guys want to mention? I, I kind of want to talk about my scariest part. I wasn't really 
scared yeah. that much. But having a surround sound system helped with the scariness. You oh, know, because I, um, I didn't just have it on. I turned it up. <laughs> you know, I wanted to make sure I felt it all around me. Giggity. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if I, I, I wonder if that's copyrighted. I wonder if I'll get in trouble. For <laughs> Giggity? Yeah, let's find well, I guess we'll find out. No, you you, you got to say it like two or three times in a row or Didn't something. Like, all right, you got to stop. Anyway, probably the scariest part for me was when she was first taken, like when she was possessed and they tried to bring her outside, you know, and she started burning, but then she got knocked back trying to get back down into the basement. And she's like grabbing the, the walls and she screamed Roger. That mm. part like gave me chills, you know, because it's like, yeah, she's possessed, but she's also still in there. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? So anytime she was like herself, also, but also possessed. And even the heartbreaking. Other, yeah. Well, the other times it was like, okay, with the first time when she was like, Roger, like that's when I was like, oh, sh-. that part was probably the scariest. Now, like I said, with the surround sound on, it really, it really amplified the like being in the theater and hearing things around you. And when the pictures fell for the first time and it made <laughs> that huge crash, my freaking volume was up man and it was loud and it kind of freaked me out just because it was loud you know kind of scary and it was sudden because uh, there's not any it, there wasn't any lead up to that no it was just like <laughs> you're like holy <laughs> there's something going on in here <laughs> like <laughs> i thought it was inside my house and so um but it was you know the movie of course but with the subwoofer and everything when things happen it's like <laughs> but that was really it for me as far as scary parts i do want to mention i like the way it looked so you talked about that that long take at the beginning i think mm-hmm. exactly talked about yeah. that that was really cool because you don't really see that in horror movies you know it's just one long take and cameras spinning around and stuff but then it also like had these moments where it would zoom in first time i did that was when she was sitting at the tree and she's like look yes. what i found and it zoomed yes. into her and it gave me that the exorcist type vibes like old school horror movie type vibes you know what i mean that was that was the first thing that i noticed when watching this was the supreme use of zooms i'm so used to watching films that are on prime lenses Mm. and the camera is trucked or dollied or moved like the use of zoom was the perfect touch to create that sense of unease that environment of like something about this environment is not quite right and you can't place it yet but damn it those zooms those is (laughs) this not supposed to look this way the world is not supposed to Mm. act the way it is acting on screen right now and i noticed every time they did an exterior of that house they did one of those zooms and it wasn't one of those barely noticeable slow zooms because usually in a in a feature film if they do a zoom it's a slow push probably digitally added in post where they just kind of they just bump it up 10 percent and it's just a slow zoom as an introductory shot no they used the zooms in this film and camera movement in general as a tool i noticed the zooms in this film there's a couple good uh, dolly zooms. They did some camera rotations. Yeah, the upside down shots. Some upside down shots. And when, oh, I think my, one of my favorite shots was um, the first interaction with Bathsheba and the the daughters when it grabs her foot and she looks under the bed. Yeah, yeah. Because it's upside down. And then it actually rotates to right side up as the girl s- sits up in the bed and it follows her movement. It drew my attention. And otherwise, a scene that could have been 
your standard run-of-the-mill fare of, oh no, spooky sound, investigate, it became something that drew my attention and caught it and really put myself in the mindset of that little girl, just how unnerving and almost like her equilibrium. She's so scared that her equilibrium is a kilter and it follows just kind of that scary, nervous sense of someone when you wake up from a dead sweat and you think someone's in your room. (laughs) Very, very good job. Man, that was a good, uh, that was a good rant there. I, I like well that was the first thing that i noticed use, that was words man when when i started watching it that was the thing that drew my attention from like oh my god i have to watch this for justin and do this stupid and you're like oh my god i have to watch this for do. justin exactly like <laughs> oh shoot they actually mm-hmm. they actually are using this you're welcome by the way great yeah yeah thank you <laughs> this is a great film i was very surprised wonderfully pleasantly surprised i will probably right. not ever watch any of the other in the series but this one was a good one well i mean it was a good one to start and end with you know it's just it's kind of that's kind of where it was at the top of its game, you know. Gotten really lucky that I seem to only run across the good horror films, you know, like um The Thing is a is a favorite of mine. The con this is a great horror film. I seem to find the classics, um Alien that that are like First Alien, yeah, that one's kind of great. Yeah. Annihilation that, to a degree. That 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 you know um are horror films but they're really well done horror films um, that are artist- artistically made. And I'm happy with that. I don't consider Annihilation a horror film. There's I would horror. consider Annihilation a psychological thriller. Yeah, I would too. More sci-fi. It's got, yeah. it's got one or two horror elements. It has a healthy dose of body horror and in a couple horror. scenes. But overall, I would say that's a high, that's a psychological thriller. Okay. I was very close to adding it to my list though. Zach, I was, I was, I was, Almost going to add it. it I tell you about something. Rise that edge. What do you guys think of the when that seller scene where it's primarily from the view of the viewfinder of the camera when they go down there? I wish they would have changed the look of the footage or whatever. Does it? It kind of looked just like HD. I don't know what kind of camera they were using back then, but I feel like well, probably like a uh, Super 8 or something. Yeah, you were because it was supposed to be camera. film. Yeah, it's probably. A Super 8 or something. So it was, I guess, it was supposed to look like that then? Yes, that would have been, that was supposed to look like something shot in the 70s because it, it, a little bit more grain would have helped maybe. The scene that, that it proceeds is the conversation with the father of the church because they've just watched Yeah, they just watched it on, on a, on a film Uh, projector. projector. Yeah. So So that's literally, that is a, not only is that for our benefit as viewers, but canonically, that's a essentially a POV shot of the father. Well, yeah. uh, the that, father priest, not the dad. That <laughs> was the kid. That was the cop that had that camera when he was like, yeah. The but I'm saying it when it was shown on screen for us, it was the priest watching it. Yes. I mean, okay, I guess. Uh, I was just I was just asking like the quality of that video. It was supposed to look. Uh, like I thought that. it looked okay. Yeah, it was supposed to look like that because okay. we're, we're it looked too good to me. <laughs> it looked well, too good. It's. It was probably. I mean, they probably didn't use an actual that actual camera to shoot that. Yeah. But, I, the but audio, I get what you're saying. Is the audio supposed to sound like that as well? Like as clear as we well, heard in the movie? Probably. I feel like. It, I feel like they if they added something, they tampered mic, with it a little. Bit. Those are pretty clear. Yeah. If you. I mean, if you point a shotgun mic right at your face, then it's going to sound great. And then you know he he 
did like this he and you could barely hear them because yeah with shotgun mics you have to point it at the person you want to hear if you want to hear them you know really well yeah so yeah i mean i think it yeah i was gonna say it didn't it didn't i didn't wasn't disconnected or anything from it like i was like okay this kind of makes sense like i wasn't alive in 71 so i don't actually know <laughs> um i've seen 70s movies and the quality is obviously different but that, than movies that, today but that was a home like a like not a professional camera they used in the 70s to make movies you know it was a camera they took with them to to shoot these yeah it's like essentially like a home video yeah but the audio quality in my opinion shouldn't sound as good as like the rest of the movie for that uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I kind of would that agree. bothered me i would think i would much. i would think it would sound a little bit more grainier yeah um, but i don't it's all i wanted it's all just I some grain write him a yeah. letter so I just want to real quick kind of go over um, a little bit over who Ed and Lorraine Warren were. I want to talk about, and then some of the other movies um, in the Conjuring universe. Yeah, were they really yeah, kooks? Were they were they frauds? I want to know that. Okay, this is from Wikipedia, a reliable source. Uh, so of course we know they were paranormal investigators, right? And they and even the movie said they were some of the most that one of the most famous paranormal investigators. And they didn't just stay in the U.S. You know, they went to London and stuff too. What's the there's the Conjuring two based on the case in England, or is that? Yeah, I think it was. That's the Conjuring two. Yeah, yeah. Where they go to England. Yeah. So it says Edward was a self-taught and self-professed demonologist, author, and lecturer. Uh, Lorraine professed to be a clairvoyant, which if you know what a clairvoyant is, they can kind of see things that we can't see. It says a light trance medium who are closely with her husband mediums again are people that can talk to the dead they they were famous ghost hunters and in in Annabelle comes home you know people make fun of the the daughter for her parents being who they are and i think that kind of translated from real life if i've i've seen hmm. I, if i remember correctly they kind of people was were skeptical about them and even in the movies it, it says you know people were skeptical about them but they still used them which is kind of weird but i guess when you have figure floating over you at night take the I, skepticals you'll take the coops <laughs> yeah Someone says hey i can get rid of that ghost floating over your bed you're like oh all right well the one thing i liked about this movie was um and you know i don't I don't know this. I don't know if this is how they really were, but they went to a house that the couple claimed what that the owners claimed was haunted. Right. But then they said, oh, you know, it's because you have these this broken window, there's wind blown in and then there's a pipe here and the boards are going to rub together. It's going to make it sound mm -hmm. like it's haunted. You know, the rancid smell. Yeah. Well, that was that was not that house. Right. That the house, the parent house had a bad smell. Right. I'm talking about the one where they he's talking about when they went and saw someone else. Yeah. They it, went was saw like, somebody it was else. an example of, of how they were legitimate and they weren't just telling everyone, oh, you got. Yeah, you got, you got demons. Ghosts. You got demons. We need I need you to pay me. You know, it's like they were like, no, this is why it seems like a house is haunted. And they even said like, oh, our house isn't haunted. And she's like, they, they rarely are. There's almost always a rational explanation. And that's kind of like what I liked about them is, and whereas like, I can't watch like a paranormal TV show of people who claim they're paranormal ghost hunters because they're not, you know, mm -hmm. like they might've seen a ghost once or twice, but for the most part, everything that they do is created for a TV show, or at least I believe it is, you know, I could be wrong. Oh yeah, definitely. But I believe that these TV shows that with people who claim to be ghost hunters, I just can't watch them. Or Bigfoot Sasquatch hunters. I mean, yeah, because they want to, they, they create these things. It's, it's like paranormal, it's paranormal activity where it's, it looks real, but it's definitely not, you know, it's just not, it's found footage, but it's not found footage. If only Ed and Lorraine had a TV show today. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that would work out for them. I think if they stayed as paranormal hunt, 
like paranormal investigators without a TV show, I would believe them more than if they were paranormal investigators with a TV show. Yeah, I was going to say if they were self-respecting, then they wouldn't have a TV show. So, people want to believe. They want to see the real footage. Well, it's probably not real footage. <laughs> That's why I can watch a movie like that because I know it's not real. You know, it's it's created. These cases that they've done are all based on true stories. And I'm not doubting that any of them weren't real, but I do know because it's a movie, things were added to make things dramatic. You know, it's just, how, that's just how movies are. You know, even like I watched um, this is going to go off a little bit, but I've been watching American crime story about the impeachment of Bill Clinton. And, you know, they add things in there to make it more dramatic, just how TV and movies are. So not saying that the cases aren't real, but some of the things that happened in the movies, you know, relating to those cases aren't real. Next up. So this is the order of the release date of the Conjuring movies. And by the Conjuring movies, I mean the Conjuring universe, right? Yeah. How many are there total? So there we have the Conjuring came out in 2013. Annabelle came out in 2014. Conjuring 2 came out in 2016. Annabelle Creation, 2017. The Nun, 2018. 18. The Curse of La Llorona, 2019. Annabelle Comes Home, also 2019. Conjuring 3, 2021. There's eight so far. Um, and according to this website, horrormovieweb.com, I don't know how, now that I'm looking at the website, I don't know That's how legit. Such a generic yeah. name. The Crooked Man and The Nun 2, which I have heard them talk about those movies. Um, and by them, I mean like other more legit sites. Are The Conjuring 2 and 3 a continuation of this family? No. Or is it are, are, is it just separate hauntings that they dealt with? They're they separate just, hauntings. Yeah, they just do. They picked a case in, in London for The Conjuring 2. And then what? where's the case in uh, Conjuring 3 take place? Like, do you remember? So, so they're not technically sequels. They're more standalone films under the same name. Yeah, they'll but, make references certainly to previous uh, events, I believe. But for the see, most I'm part, you can watch them ex- as their own. Yeah, you can definitely watch. I think you could definitely watch them standalone. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could go watch The Conjuring 3 right now. You just need to know a little bit about Ed and Lorraine Warren because I don't think it mentions them in those two movies. I'm just trying to piece together the intricacies of the lore. Well, I like the ending of this one, how Lorraine's like, oh, we got to go have that visit because... Uh, something something about the Amityville, uh, Amityville. Haunt, Amityville uh, A- hauntings. Amityville. What Justin Ami- said. Amityville. <laughs> not going to Am- say it, but I mean, <laughs> we, we, we never see in the, the sequels exactly how the, the Warrens dealt with the, that famous case, but oh. I would like to see a movie where they go deep dive into that case. I mean, the, the, we do see glimpses of, of that in The Conjuring 2. You're talking about the flashback that Lorraine had trouble with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't no. flashbacks. It was on film where they they show her doing the when when they're at those case. lectures. Oh, okay. Then uh, yes, I, I was. I would like to see a movie on that as well. well. Don't they do the Amityville one in Conjuring Three? No, it's all coming back to me now with the Conjuring Three. That's with the little boy, and then he transfers her his. I think it's his older brother or his brother's or his, his older brother or his girlfriend's brother. I can't remember who says, you know, take me, leave him alone. And so the, the demon takes him, takes over his body. How polite. Yeah. And so then he's possessed now that it's, it's all coming back to me now. Uh, but they do mention the Amityville one. I'm almost positive. Uh, yeah, they mention it, but they don't yeah. go into it. Um, okay. So that's the movies that are out already and then a couple more that are coming out which the crooked man that's been developed since 2018 
Yeah. And I don't know how long it's going to take because of COVID, but that's the uh, based off. And that's not based off anything true. I think this is all the cooking man is going to be. And I think the same with the nun is all. Yeah. They they prioritize the nun over the the crooked man I was reading. Wait, so... So now they're just using the titles. They're not actually true stories. Right. They're just taking things within those movies. So we got the nun who has appeared in a couple in, in the oh, country okay. and, and um, uh, Annabelle as a character and gotcha. gave, it, gave her his uh, or him. I can't remember if it's so same so like Kirkman. side quests in a video game. Gotcha. I mean, seriously, so, spinoffs. So the Conjuring films focus on real stories with these artifacts, ghosts, yeah. what have real, you. Real cases. And then then these other films are fictionalized accounts of how those things came to be slash their history. Yes. Right. Okay. I'm with you. I understand. That's like, I, I don't understand the lore for this. So that's, well, then that's there's cool. the curse of La La Rona, um, which is, you know, originally set in Mexico. It's, it was created, you know, for this universe as well. It wasn't anything. I don't, I don't think it was anything true. And that one was probably as far as likability, like the, you know, the worst one out of, out of all of them, it's the worst one, but it has uh, Linda Cardellini in it. Uh, but I did want to go over how to watch the movies in chronological order. Ooh, not that I'm going to do it, but yes, please. So, and I'm going to read a little bit of something. Uh, this is on collider.com and I've, I've used, I've seen collider a few times. So I kind of, I trust this one a little bit better. So the nun is the first movie in the chronology. So the nun, uh, which sees a priest and a, it's essentially a, a nun who's not a nun yet, played by Tasia Farmiga, which is Vera Farmiga's younger sister. Tan going, nobody says tan going, with the horrific Valak the Defiler. That's the nun. Um, and we we meet Valak for the first time in The Conjuring 2. Wait, can you can you enunciate that for me? Valak the Defiler. Valak? Valak, B-A-L-E-K. V, with a V. The V, not a PH. Yeah, no. <laughs> v, V as in, yeah. I, I see Victor. where you're going with this. V as in Victor. Thank you. I couldn't remember that. Pick of like, could they not have picked a better name? So, Valet the Defiler takes audiences all the way back to 1950s Romania. So essentially they're going to see, it's like at this um, old church, takes place in this old church and they're essentially going there to see what's going on. And then we have Annabelle Creation would be the next one you would watch in the timeline. So this is David F. Sandberg's Demon Doll Origin Story Annabelle Creation takes place three years after The Nun in 1955 Southern California. So this movie is about um, a little girl who, so a guy who makes dolls, their daughter dies and he stops making dolls and then but they've made one doll that's it annabelle the annabelle they've made this one doll when the daughter dies this demon comes in pretends to be the daughter asks to move into the doll they let her things happen and they kind of shut themselves out for a long time and then they let this group of girls who are orphans come live because they have a huge house out in the country they can let them live with them then one of them has polio and so the demon you know takes the weakest one which physically is this little girl and does things and possesses her blah 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 blah. i kind of want to spoil this for you jake are you are you going to watch it i'm never going to watch okay so the cool thing about this this movie is it's a prequel to the first annabelle and when it ends it's 
she gets adopted, this little girl, right? The uh, she, girl. Yeah. So she gets adopted, but then she grows up, but she still has this demon in her this whole time. And she ends up joining this, this what? cult. Yeah. They, she ends up joining this cult that they, in order to like rise up, they have to kill their parents. So she ends up killing her parents. Right. Wait, hang on. So at the end of this movie is the beginning of Annabelle. But she's an, or- she's an orphan. So she kills her adopted parents is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, she kills her adopted parents. So, but at the end of this movie is the beginning of the the first Annabelle movie that was ever made. Oh, it was pretty cool, and it even had the same actors from the original Annabelle. Oh, well, that's pretty neat. Oh man, it was so cool. I was in theaters when I saw this. Blew my I mind. Was, I was going to ask though, isn't that what they said? The demon asked to be asked moved to into. It's the kind doll. of the same is, same thing. Like, isn't as, that the first thing that happened in, yes, in this movie? The, the same thing. Except for, is you it know, the same demon? It's, it's, I believe so. So they exercise the demon out in Annabelle, and then at the start of the conjuring, it somehow got back it, in. It might be a different demon, actually. I think it might be a different one. Yeah. That I poor think little doll. How many times is it going to be possessed? Well, it's not really possessed. It's just it latches onto the doll. Conduit. So, yeah, it doesn't sure. possess the doll. Okay. And then we have the con, or no, excuse me, Annabelle, and then Annabelle creation. Excuse me, Annabelle creation and then Annabelle. Um, so Annabelle catches up with everyone's favorite cursed toy more than a decade after Annabelle creation in 1967. So the movie Annabelle creation ends in 1967, right when Annabelle starts. So you could you you watch Annabelle creation, then you watch Annabelle. Um, Too many Annabelles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then you go from Annabelle uh, to The Conjuring, which was the one we just watched. So it takes place in 1971. And that's where we meet Ed and Lorraine for the first time. Takes four year, takes place four years after Annabelle. Um, okay. Next up is a year later, 1972, Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, Annabelle Comes Home, a house of horrors, thrill ride, primarily starring the Warren's daughter, Judy takes place one year after the conjuring. And if I'm not mistaken, that's when they take the doll home from the three people from the beginning of this movie, they get her and they bring her back. And then the they, movie go- starts from there. Cause they did mention, what do they do? They mentioned in the conjuring near the end that they had to end this demon's family or they would be latched onto again. And I wasn't sure if they were referring to the family they were helping or they were referring to themselves referencing something else. Referencing something else. I'm almost positive. So they are uh, referencing Annabelle. I thought she was referencing the the film that they they were showing in the in the classrooms. Oh. But that's the vibe I got is that because it had such an effect on her specifically, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the kind of that's the vibe I got from that. But I, I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. Um, I'll take that. Yeah. So this one takes place right after they bring Annabelle home for the first time. And so uh, in the movie, Ed and Lorraine have to go on a case. So their babysitter comes over to watch Judy. But then also her babysitter's friend comes over, too. And she kind of lets Annabelle out. and Everything gets out, essentially. Um, yeah. Right. Everything gets out like that's what that's where we meet the nun. I can't remember if that's the first time we meet the nun. But we see the nun in, in their house. Just um, a smorgasbord of horror. I mean, it's like it's like um, it's like Scooby Doo too. You know, it's just all these monsters. Scooby Doo and Friends. There was a movie called Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts. That's what makes me think of where it was an animated movie, but 
Scooby and Shaggy accidentally let out all these ghosts and they had to put them back. That's kind of what that makes me think of. And then the next one is The Curse of La Llorona. It says the most far removed of the conjure, Conjuring verse films takes place in 1973. And I'll agree with that. It is the most, because like, like the original, the story starts in uh, South America, I think Mexico specifically, but it somehow makes it to America. It stars Linda Cardellini. If who knows Linda Cardellini, she's from originally from Freaks and Geeks. She's also now, she's in the Avengers franchise as Hawkeye's wife. She's also a lot of other things like she plays Velma in Scooby Doo. Um, Green Book, I believe. I don't know. Is she in Green? I haven't seen Green Book. I, I've been wanting to watch it because I think I might want to show my class that. Oh, it's a great movie. Well, I don't know. It might be a rated R. It's rated PG 13, but Is I still it? need. Oh. Yeah, I still need to watch it because I have it on Blu ray. I started showing him Forrest Gump, and then I was, uh, and even though it's rated PG-13, I was like, this is not an appropriate movie to show in high school. I was like, I got to stop this. <laughs> and so the next day, I was like, we're not watching Forrest Gump. We ended up watching uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, you know, to be honest with you, that one was kind of forgettable, the Chris Lallarona, because it was just wasn't, it was just okay. Next Did up Ed is, and Lorraine even show up in that film? No, 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 no. So all these movies, Ed and Lorraine, besides the Conjuring movies, are hardly in. Like, like they're hardly in Annabelle home you know they're at the beginning and they're at the end that's about it the conjuring is the one where they're in the most because those are based on actual cases that the real ed and lorraine did do they still get uh patrick wilson and vera you to play ed and lorraine every time ed and lorraine show up it's patrick wilson and vera farmiga yeah, it'd be jarring if it wasn't cool. yeah it'd be crazy you know it's not like I mean, the daughter they, like they that. could do something like jack reacher where it's a different actor every time well, I'm glad they don't because I could, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd be able to accept that. Like the daughter in, in Annabelle Comes Home is different from the daughter in The Conjuring. It's a different actress. But I don't care about that as much because we don't know her that much. You know, we really yeah. know her in this movie. Uh, okay. So next up is The Conjuring 2 is the in the next uh, the timeline of films. So a lot of these take place, you know, of course, back in the day because that's when Ed and Lorraine were working. Um, <clears throat> Conjuring 2 uh, takes place in England where a demon Balak is Valak. You know, yeah it, i believe it's Valak, the same demon from Enunciate. the nun is uh haunting them in london sheffield girl. what was sheffield okay, okay. <laughs> whatever england how's that sound is that better i still can't get i still can't get past Valak the defiler uh <laughs> sounds like yeah, a sheffield a city in the english county of south yorkshire okay but it's in england right yes all right so in england <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone. We have a UK audience. They want to know. Okay. Um, Yeah, they might get that. (laughs) Takes place in 1977. So it's four years from Curse of La Rona. And so, yeah, they go to England and, you know, kind of the same concept as The Conjuring. You know, they take care of a case, a demon inside of a house. It's a little more scary, though. Only part, some parts are a little more scary. Like there's a, there's a part where they in the in the bedroom they have all these crosses on the wall and then the demon takes them all and turns them upside down and there's like a bunch of them and they're just just turning them upside down all over the place um and then the next is the conjuring the devil maybe do it which is the conjuring the devil maybe do it picks up four years after the conjuring two in 1981 and so that's the one where they the boys like take me take me instead of him and i've only seen that one once though you think they become too formulaic or do you think each conjuring movie no the conjuring movies have something different each time 
I mean, not really. Uh, I think they all follow kind of the same formula where it's like every horror movie. You start off happy, bad things happen, they save them. Bad things happen, they save them. Bad things happen, they save them. You know, it's just it's just how it is. Yeah, so if you wanted to watch the movies in chronological order, and which I have done, and it's it's okay. Like, it's not like watching the Marvel movies in chronological order. It's, it, I mean, they're just really, they're their own movies, you know? They, they don't, I mean... They don't really run into each other except for the only one I can think of is Annabelle. Annabelle creation to Annabelle, where the end is the beginning of the next movie, you know? And to your viewers, it is somewhere in London, but it's an obscure city. I was thinking of my movie that I've been obsessed with recently called Threads that takes yeah. place in Sheffield. Oh, so that's why you said it. The movie that you guys are going to have to watch one day is going to be, that we're going to discuss is going to be that 1984 film called Threads. It's on YouTube. Yes, sir. So, any other uh, last thoughts about um, The Conjuring? It's disturbing and fun at the same time. Not as much, it's not too scary to me, but more disturbing. I think it's a good starting point for those right. that haven't really delved into the horror genre. Or uh, watch something that, different than slasher films, you know? Yeah, I think just the blood <laughs> Halloween and... All those are great in their own right, but I like something a little bit more of substance than just the typical buffoons running around with knives and supernatural claws. I do think they do a really good job at at making you, not just making you think, but making you believe that this really could happen. Not saying it couldn't, but it's, it's like, holy, you know, this is, this is, you know, this is real. This has to, you know, or, you know, make you think. So what about you, Jake? Any final thoughts? Surprisingly, it had a lot of heart. It It did. I I would agree. Authentic and it felt real and it felt like there was substance to it beyond just jump scare. It's a character building. I'm glad that was something that was so well thought out and produced. I like that. Yeah, it wasn't like a bunch of people getting killed and stuff. It was just really, you could just tell it was really affecting this family. And they did a really good job at making you believe it was affecting this family and and all this stuff. And then the woman, the actress who was actually possessed, like sold that performance. 100%. No doubt. Like she was the star of the show. I mean, I know we have, you know, two kind of big name actors now. I don't know if they were super big back then, but, you know, they are playing these real people who, who did this for a living. But then you got, the people who were possessed where it's like they kind of are the standout characters in this in these a lot of horror movies yeah. and just have that stereotypical situation and problem i think where you just, the characters suck and you don't care about them including the purge movies in my opinion i don't care about the families that yeah. get, get trapped having to seclude themselves in their home like just i think a part of it's the, the acting the script but conjuring does an excellent job at establishing like why we should care about these people even though, again, I felt like some of the little girls, I really didn't, well, didn't get pay to really too much attention, that. too much. But, but the, what, that one, uh, the, the little one, the littlest of, of them all, and then the one with the, 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 yeah, and then the one with the fringe was, I think I cared about those the most. Well, they're the ones that, you know, it was messing with. Like, it wasn't even yeah, messing with why. the other ones. Yeah. Um, and, and then the mother. Well, you know, that's not true. It did uh, mess with the older child as well when it was like messing with the, the wardrobe, as Jake puts it. And then she looks up and it's on top of the thing and jumps down on top of her. I wish uh, they tried to kill the dad. That would have been interesting. He was hardly in it, it seemed. His acting, I think, blossomed uh, toward the end where during the exorcism, exorcism scene where he's like, get out of, yeah, get out of here, to- you know, like get out of the body, you know, whatever he was saying. But he had a lot more emotion 
motion. So I'm not a big fan of like when they're like, you know, we got to you got to get out of there. You're still in there. She's still in there. We got to talk to her like, you know, let her know she's still there and all this stuff. And, you know, the end of uh, A Wrinkle in Time, it was like, oh, the power all along was love. Like, I'm not a big fan of of when the power is is love and love was all you needed to or friendship. You know, this movie did a good job at not making me think that it was cheesy and corny for them to be like, you know, we you got to talk to her. Let her know she's still in there. She has to come out because in between all that was her going and all this stuff. And so it kind of balanced out with that corniness versus the the kind of scariness of the the demon come trying to also it wasn't fight. an immediate fix they they used the power yeah, of love exactly but it wasn't like that solved everything she still yeah. had to choose in a fight to get out of there yeah and I, yeah. yeah i guess that's true i didn't i didn't think about it like that jake but that is a good point it's like it, it wasn't just like hey we love you come out demon get out of here and then it was gone it was like no 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 if you want if you want me out of here you know you got to work at it buddy you must <laughs> choose the ones you love so yeah i that's that's a good way of putting it jake overall you guys like the movie i assume jake uh, zach's seen it a few times so jake was the only one that had seen it for the first time i wish she would watch the rest of them <laughs> not gonna do it at least conjuring i would i see i like the, the conjuring stories. but i love annabelle more than anything like I out of all the conjuring what, if you guys set up some sort of watch party where we can watch it together discord then i okay, will watch then. it but I, i'm not gonna watch it by myself okay that's fine i can do that I just didn't want to do that tonight where you're like, we're going to watch it at nine o'clock and then do the podcast. Like, no, screw that. I don't want to stay up till you don't want to stay up till 2 a.m. It has video games to play. Yeah, I have video games to play. (laughs) Actually, my friend just texted me and asked me if I was getting on tonight. Go take your rings to your elf. (laughs) Elden ring. The elder that you're taking your rings to or whatever. What do you, whatever, whatever you play. I've been playing Batman Arkham City. Thank you very much. I stopped playing Elden Ring because that game is hard. It is. Dude, I, we're going to off topic. I, we got Elden Ring and I've played it one time because I've only got an Xbox 360 and it takes half an hour for the loading screens to come, come up. Dang. They have it for 360. Wow. How do you have Elden Not 360, Ring? Uh, one, Xbox One. one. Okay. I was like, whoa. But it, takes, <laughs> but it takes half an hour for the loading screens, yeah, loading screens to get done. And so I'll play for like 15 seconds, get demolished, and then just go <laughs> make myself a sandwich because I got to wait for it to load again. God, that sucks. Anyway, sorry. We're getting off topic. So thank you for listening to the fantastic <laughs> Mr. Podcast. We're, if, if we if we don't stop, if I don't say something, then we're going to keep going. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. Uh, please hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. What else do we have? Uh, Twitter and YouTube at the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. Uh, and, and let us know, you know what you think or what you liked, what you didn't like, or if you have any ideas for any episodes that we can do in the future. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we hope that you uh, stick around and we'll see you next week. Right guys. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one.